Welcome back, everybody. It's been a long holiday. Sometimes over the holidays, I was like, do I even like hockey? Of course you do. I guess I do. But we did talk about this after the last game. Some nights, you just feel like you just wasted your goddamn time. Sometimes it's like, why have I wasted so much of my life just watching this thing play? Just like hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. It, it, like, it's, it's days, it's days now. It's just like, well, it's definitely days. It's like, what, 82 games a year, three hours a game. Let's see. But how much of that is wasted? Maybe 20 it's 246 hours a year. Maybe, let's say 20% of that is complete waste of time. Times, okay, 246 hours a year times, let's say, if you've watched every game for the past, let's say, eight years. That's almost 2,000 hours of your life. By 24, that's almost 82 full days. That's actually not too bad. That's actually not too bad. I'm not feeling bad. Especially if I've wasted 82 days of my life in the last eight years, I'm okay with that. Well, you're wasting plenty more yeah, than exactly. 82 days on other crap. Yeah. Plus, I would say a fair assessment would be you take 20% of that number. And apply it as joy? Because 80% of the time, you're like, fuck, that was great. I'd say it's closer to like 50%. Yeah, maybe that's more accurate. Okay, so definitely the Oilers game was like a goddamn joy. But I didn't think they played particularly well. Everyone was like, oh, those Flames dominated. I didn't think they were that good. In fact, I thought they were better against Vancouver than they were against Edmonton, didn't you? I didn't think they were better, no. <clears throat> but you I, agree, I agree they weren't particularly good against I, the Oilers. Yeah, I agree with the first part. They weren't that great. I thought the difference in the game between the two teams was Edmonton's goaltending sucked. Oh, it was terrible. And obviously, we already know they have a weaker defense. But if they would have had strong goaltending, well, like we made a lot, we might have lost that game because we probably only be up what one or two goals going into the third period. Okay, what goals? What goals shouldn't have gone in? Lindholm's goal, Monahan's goal for sure. The five-hole Monahan goal, the Lindholm short side goal, like. 99% of NHL goalies have that one. Yeah. I, or have both of those. He didn't stand much of a chance on both Monge and Chucky, though. because Andrew like, Penny and Chucky's goals were like wide open net, but defensive breakdowns. Yeah. But, I mean, if you look at the expected goals, like the Oilers, five on five. Much higher. Much higher. So they had more Although, chances. You get an early lead, you're kind of you're hanging yeah, on to Yeah, definitely. So even if you do the score, if you do the score adjusted, the Oilers still were expected to outscore us just a little bit. But I mean, I'm just all to say that I didn't think it was that great of a game. They just took, to their credit, they took advantage of the Oilers' poor defense and poor net minding. Yeah. But just what was more alarming to me is like, hey, we've played two not particularly great games back to back, even though we won one of them 5 1. It was mostly on the back of really shitty goaltending on Edmonton's part. But it was still fun to watch. That was amazing. Like, could you construct a more perfect start 10 seconds in? Oh my god, that Andrew Mangiapane goal. What a goal. That was nice. Okay. They're, the whole line scored. All three, I, they all were great. Guys. Yeah. And we'll okay, get to this in a minute. How about setting up the second goal? But Jesus Christ. Because, okay, we were... I don't know why. Apparently, Sportsnet's cheaping out, but we had to watch the Edmonton broadcast. Right. Everybody did. Those guys are the goofiest fucking guys. They're the worst. Every one of them. Gene Principe... The dork who calls the games, Kevin Quinn, is like literally the worst. It's like the Flames score, and it sounds like his whole family's been murdered. Oh man, you score! Then McDavid like sniffs the puck, and he's like jizzing his pants. Oh, McDavid! Oh! And then Drew Remenda, what the hell is this clown even got a job for? Do what you do. Do what you do. What do you do? I was part of the the most losing coaching team in the history of the NHL. I'll tell you what you got to do. Here's our secret. We lost like 100 games in a row. Here's our secret. You got to oh, look Christ. around the room and you got to say, you got to do what you got to do. You, you, you do what you do and you do what you do. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, it was so bad. And then Gene Prince Bay, after the game, he's interviewing Mangiapane and... The guy who has scored a goal and has two assists and has been probably the best player on the ice all night. And G. Principe is like, so the Oilers have some star players, but they also have a lot of role players like you. I was like, oh my God, how do these NHL players put up with this shit, man? I'd be so done. 
He should change it. Get this. You're going to like this. I don't know. Good. He should change his name to Gene Prince of Puns. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. I just threw up in my mouth a little bit. What a dork, though. Like, how many puns do we have to listen to? Right? Like, Jesus Christ. Like, and I honestly it didn't really mind. It's kind of entertaining, but still. I don't know. It was pretty bad. On a hockey broadcast? Is that really necessary? Oh, my God. And he's not even the worst guy. Like, Prince Bay is better than Kevin Quinn and Drew Amanda. Like, holy Christ. Yeah. Anyways, well, at least we didn't get to see Eric Francis, which is always a treat. And at least we got to see Mike Smith. Boy, was I excited when he came into the net. Once we went up 2 nothing pretty early on, yeah. I started thinking to myself, what might could make this better? If, if they get another, if, this, if they go up 3 nothing here pretty quick, or even 3-1. We might see a goaltender change. Yeah, sure enough. After Lindholm snipes. What a delight. Oh, man. Okay, so let's go through it goal I, by goal. We didn't really get a lot of shots on net on Mike Smith, though, eh? No, it was only like, a, maybe like, I think even less than 10. And like, why weren't we just shooting from the blue line? Right? Like, why didn't they just fire everything at this guy? Why didn't they dump the puck in all over the place? Come on. Why didn't they take advantage? Anyways, and I see Backlund snipe on him. Jesus Christ. I thought Backlund was going to miss that for sure. Okay, that was a great goal. That was a great goal. Great play by Gia, but what the fuck are you doing, Edmonton? Right? Like, that's a terrible defensive Well, even game. on the Kachuk goal, like, Ethan Bear, like, you watch the replay of that. What the hell is he doing? Both of their defensemen follow Manju Pandy, like, over to the circle. And, like, Kachuk is, like, I've never seen a 2-on-2 played worse in my entire life. Like, why does their defense suck so bad? Well, you brought these numbers up, what, last week? Ethan Bear and Darnell Nurse are, like, what, tops in the leagues? For expected goals, four. Expected goals against? Four and against. They're kind of similar to Hanifin and Hamannick. They, they produce a lot, but they also give up a shit ton. I think when we were looking at it, they were the worst defensive pairing. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all. I can pull but they here. did generate more on the offensive end. Than Hanifin and Hamannick did. Yeah. So... I don't know. It was an okay. It was a good. I love watching them beat the Oilers, but I it was a pretty boring. It wasn't boring because they scored five goals. Oilers suck. Well, it wasn't much of a game. Yeah, it wasn't much of a game. It was just kind of like outside of the five goals, nothing happened. Which hey, we will never. I'm totally if fine with playing, that. I'll if we ever if we win and it's not much of a game, I'm never really gonna complain. Yeah, especially when it's against Edmonton. Yeah, no, totally. That was like, my God, could you draw up a more perfect start? That was just beautiful. I almost crapped my pants. I didn't even see it. I was getting a drink, and it's one nothing. Oh, my God. It was, it was the best. Because for me, like... 11 seconds. 11 seconds in. You always... Whenever we play the Oilers, my fear is always, oh, fuck, we're going to get fucking destroyed. It's going to be like 8 nothing. They did not. They did not look good. They looked like shit. See, and that's what's weird. It's like, it wasn't so much that the Flames came in and played a great game. It's that the Oilers kind of sucked. Like, we played a good enough game to win. Yeah. It's not like we... The score know. just wasn't reflected. Like, we probably should have won, like, 2-1, 3-2, maybe. Not 5 we played a. We played a... I would call them a mediocre team. Yeah. On a very off night. Totally. I mean... And that was a result. Did you even notice Dreisaitl? No. A few times, but no. Like, McDavid didn't do much. I didn't, honestly, I didn't really notice McDavid much. Did you hear James Neal's name once? Yeah, I think he had one scoring opportunity in the first period. I didn't see him at all. Outside of that. And it was just like... Edmund, I don't understand the Oilers because I kept watching and I was like, I don't know, I've been thinking about like guys who've been on waivers lately like Sven Berchi and Brandon Peary and Austin Zarnick and it's like, tell me the Oilers couldn't use one of these guys? Like, their lines come out and I am like struggling to know who... Like, I'm like, who? Gaetan Haas? Who the fuck is that? That's your third line? Like... Who? Like, I literally don't know who... If you tell me right now to name who's on the Oilers' second line... Okay, it's Nugent Hopkins. That's all I know. Like, who's who else? Yeah, it's a good call. Like, who the fuck is on that Jujar team? Jujar Kara? Yeah, Kara. Like, they have such a Neil? brutal team. Who Who's their third deeper? I don't know. It's probably... Russell? Oh, yeah, Chris Russell, right. Chris Russell and... Why no Sekera? Okay, there's... Sekera's oh, they got Clefbaum and Larson, and then Nurse and Bear, and then Russell and... Who's the other guy? I don't even know. But their defense sucks. And I do have it pulled up right here. Ethan Ethan Bear and Darnell Nurse 
are the worst defensive pairing in terms of expected goals against. Um, not far behind them though is is Travis Han is Travis Hamonic and uh, Noah Hannafin. So uh, really good job, guys. Really good job. All right. Um, anything else you want? Like Zach Cassian crushed a couple guys. Yeah. He had a monster hit on Geo. He had a monster hit on somebody else too earlier than that. Weren't they both on Geo? I don't even remember. No, it feels like a lifetime ago. I think the other one was on a forward. So, like, the thing is, and we'll get to this in a minute when we dissect the shitty loss against the Canucks, but when you're when the top line, the encouraging thing is that that top line looks good. Manjapani, Kachuk, Lindholm. Yeah, because you know what? I was listening to our last podcast on the way to work this morning, <clears throat> and before the Edmonton game, they hadn't really done a lot. Yeah. And we were even thinking about bringing Manja off that line. Yeah. So... But and then another interesting thing, I don't know if we were talking about this yesterday or where we heard this, but um, it was a conversation between Jeff Ward and Elias Lindholm, and basically it went something like Ward was asking him, "Hey, or telling him, hey, we're gonna try at center again," and Lindholm pretty much said, "Only put me there. I'm down. I want to play center. I'm good. But just keep me there for at least ten games, please." Oh, interesting. So. I kind of think that you got to give this line the similar time frame in order to, to, you know, I mean, you're starting to see it now. Yeah, no, totally. Well, and that was kind of like, I remember you were always uh, stomping the, stomping your foot. What the fuck is the expression? Beating the, beating the drum. <laughs> beating the drum. <laughs> beating the drum because Bill Peters would pull this shit where it's like, oh yeah, we got new line combos. But then it would like 20 minutes into the game, they've, yeah. they've reverted to, Tried and true, the 3M line and Kachuk with or Lindholm with Monahan and Gaudreau, like every time. And then, honestly, it's not like it's not like that's necessarily a bad thing. But when that's all you ever do, yeah, then the players it loses it loses his effectiveness because the players are like, oh, we're just gonna go back in like ten minutes. So. Yeah, no, totally. So yeah, and then I think the concerning thing is is like, okay, Trisaitl was invisible against the Flames. Few other guys were didn't notice McDavid much. Did you notice Johnny Gaudreau against the Oilers? No. I mean, he got an assist. He was, he was pretty quiet. I mean, Monahan did score, but outside of, I mean, he was pretty. That quiet was a pretty too. fluky goal, though. Like he just kind of floated it on net, and Koskinen blew it. Was that the one with five hole? Yeah. Yeah, that was so that, like that was a bad where I this is the thing that's starting to be like. Although that was a sick dish from Johnny. Yeah, that was sweet. But when Sean Monahan and Johnny Gaudreau are. Mostly invisible, five on five. I mean, they scored a goal. They didn't do dick against the Canucks, though. And for the most part this year, they're getting crushed in their own zone. They're not the difference makers they were last year, like especially Gaudreau, like not even close. That's what's starting to concern me about this team is like on a pretty consistent basis, Johnny Gaudreau is nowhere to be found. How the fuck are we going to win if he's like, not only is he not even close to the dominant player he was last year, he's like hurting the team five on five. He's terrible five on five. He's been, no, like he's been a different player since Bill Peters left though. Yeah, but I mean, I think he's still like, I'm still seeing the same things that were evident in the early part of the year where it's like, is Gaudreau even playing? Like he just like looks like he doesn't have any confidence. Like, I don't know. Or are you just saying like as of late? Because he did go on a really good stretch. He went on a stretch there like right after Peters was, the whole Peters thing was ended. Honestly, I think he's going to be fine. I hope so. What is interesting, they just released the All-Star teams yesterday. Yeah. He's not on it. He's Which, in there running for a last man. I don't really get why the fuck Jordan, not, I really could give two shits about the All-Star game. Like, send whoever the fuck you want, I'm not going to watch. But I don't get how Gio makes the All-Star team. <laughs> Yeah, he's been dog shit this year. Yeah, like why? It's true. Is they just picked him because they needed a defenseman? Well, I guess. Like what the hell? Like who else are you gonna pick? You gonna pick Carlson? Well, did did uh, Burns make it? No, but he's been dog shit. Well, that's what I mean. I guess so. Like anyone in Vegas gonna make it? I guess so. He's probably the best of kind of not. Yeah, I guess it makes sense, but it's just kind of weird. It's like he's been so bad. Like I mean, even has Clefbong? I don't even know, but it's kind of weird. Anyways, but anyways, I, the point is, is like Johnny is is eligible for the last man voted in, but it will be interesting to see how he responds if he doesn't get selected to the All Star game. Because you got to think that secretly he's gonna not he's gonna like take that personally. You think Johnny is? I think you will. I don't. I don't know anymore. Would you take it personally if you were in the All Star game? I'm like sweet. I don't have to go to this dumb shit anymore. I would. 
I, I would be like, oh, thank God. No, it's better with go Mexico. It's better if you do it, pull an outsider or Ovechkin and just decline going. Yeah, true. But I don't know. We'll see. But but honestly, I, okay, I'm not worried about him. I'm a little worried. And I'm just looking at some stuff Kent Wilson posted. Um, he's just pretty much showing, saying, like, they've been so bad five on five with Drone Monaghan. Since being combined with Michael Backlund, their Corsi 4 is 47, so they're not. They're, control, lo- they're, they're losing, losing the possession battle. Yeah. Expected goals for percentage is 45. So That's extremely low, right? It's Especially it's for... Pretty for, low for those for guys. Number, for that amount of talent. Um, so, I don't know. I'm not sure what the deal is. I'm, but I just... I, this team can't afford to have Johnny Gaudreau and Sean Monaghan not be difference makers on a night-to-night basis. Here's like they're not going to do dick if they here, don't. Here's what I'm going to predict. That similar to... Pre-Peters and post-Peters, if you looked at just the shooting percentage or yeah, the shooting percentage alone, yeah. you're kind of mm-hmm. like, this team needs to level out, level out. They need to even out. Yeah. It's like, at some point, the puck will have to start going in. It's just math. I think, similarly, these two guys are going to have a second half of the season where they balance out a lot of their analytics and a lot of their statistics. I sure hope so, because, like... And I and I'm starting. Here's how. Here's another reason why I think that is now you're you're at halfway point of the season, and dude, 82 games is a lot. So if these guys were they in their fifth and sixth year in the league, is that accurate? Yeah. When was Gaudreau rookie? 2014. You got to think the first few years you're just so happy being in the NHL, and then it's kind of like. You know how they talk about the dog days in the season? Yeah. After January and whatnot. It's kind of like, oh, God, we're going to get through this to get ourselves to the final push, push to the playoffs. There's got to be a similar – something happens in a a long, tenured career. So say you have a 10, 11-year career. There's got to be like little sags in your career where you're like, oh, shit, what am I doing here? Why am I playing hockey again? What's this all about? Just like life. Just like life. Like how I'm feeling today like, on New Year's not Day. Fucking robots. No one's a robot. I am. There are some, like Sidney Crosby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wayne Gretzky. That's why they're the best of all time. But to be in the elite class, like everybody goes through it. I just think these guys are so elite. Still, I think they're still in their prime. Oh yeah, for sure. So that's why I'm gonna go ahead and predict that they balance out, they even out. I'm still waiting because typically, what, for the past, is it three years straight now? Johnny's one player of the month. In, He's done it for the, for the last two years. Definitely, yeah, last two years for sure. There's always one, like, some part of the season where he peaks. Yeah. And hey, if he hasn't peaked yet. He's even come close. Well, that's the thing is, like, and I, I was, they were talking about this on the fan, too, as a team as a whole. We haven't seen peak flames yet. But guess what? We're right there in the playoff hunt. Or third, we're in a divisional playoff spot as of today, I think. And everybody knows you want to peak in March. In late February and in March is when you want to start to peak. Rolling into playoff time. Because that's going to increase your chances with playoff success. Well, I hope so. Just because I reference this chart a lot that I pull off Money Puck. It's just a chart of expected goals on versus off the ice. And consistently throughout the year, the only guys who have been in the better without him, meaning the expected goal rate goes up when they're off the ice, have been Hannafin, Hamannick, Monahan, Gaudreau. Now it's starting to include Michael Backlund. Gaudreau and Monahan, like the team's expected goal rate goes up significantly when Monahan, Gaudreau, and now Backlund are off the ice. So, like, I'm just, I'm just a little, I'm just still a little concerned with these guys. So... And again, like the only reason I'm concerned is because they're our best players. And okay, it's fine that we're in a playoff spot right now. Top line's looking good. But I mean, what is this team going to do if Gaudreau and, Ma- and I know you're saying they're going to turn around, but it's just fuck. They got to do it soon. They got to get going soon. I honestly feel like. Like soon. Like it's January, February, March, and then it's and this playoff is, time. And again, this comes back to just experience. When you play. As many seasons that these guys have, you start to understand the 82-game stretch a lot better. Where you where you want to start playing your best hockey. These guys mentally are starting to figure it out. And I think that last year's slap in the face 
I mean, last year has to be a huge learning experience for these guys. I would hope so. You finish first. You in dominate the all year. First in the conference. All year. Tied for the franchise's best record of all time in 40 years. And then you get punked in five games. You win one playoff game. Like, you got spanked very quickly, very fast. So, there's a there's a huge learning experience there. And part of it comes back to, like, well, how do you manage 82 games? Because, I mean, you look at even the Oilers right now, and some of the other teams around the league, like, they're going through their tough spots right now. If you look at the tough spot that we went through, nobody really expected us to go through that tough of a, of a segment. But we're still in fine shape. We're like what four points out of a. a well, yeah. Sorry, I, I misspoke. We're in. The, we are in the second wild card spot right now with forty five points. So a point behind Arizona for the third Pacific Division and a point behind Vancouver, but they have a game in hand. We're three points back for first in the Pacific with a game in hand. And we've played. We've played. We've a played lot, terrible. We've played a lot of dog shit hockey. Including and so I'm gonna I'm this is kind of like this is my take is that these guys are starting trying to figure out how do you manage 82 games because you can't you know you can't give it all every single game I mean look at Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl yeah. if you could give it all every single game Edmonton would be in the playoffs you can't do it no you can't do it it's too it's too challenging of a schedule well and the thing that kind of keeps I don't know like. Because I've kind of started to like, I don't know if this is just me being like a, a bummer about things, but it's like, what do we, what is this team going to do this year? Because we expect them to still make the playoffs probably, right? Well, we talked about this last podcast, and if you look at who we're competing with for a playoff spot, I think we're going to make the playoffs. I mean, I don't see how we don't. I can't see Edmonton, Minnesota beating us out for a wild card spot. I can't see Vancouver staying in a divisional playoff spot. No. So you got to think that's two spots that are open. And even Arizona, like, it, it's going to depend on how long Kemper's out. Yeah. But they are starting to struggle now without Kemper. Yeah, they're starting to struggle a little bit. But, I mean, like, they only have one more win than us, even though they've had a really good season, right? Yeah. Like, we almost have identical records. They have so, one I mean, more win. A win tonight puts us back in second in the Pacific. Yeah. So. So what we, what we need to do right now, because here's my next question for you. Because we did talk about this not too long ago. I think it was, I can't remember if it was just during Bill Peters or post Bill Peters. Yeah. But I came in, I'm like, hey, maybe we're right where we need to be. Yeah. If we can just progressively get a little bit better, a little bit better to the end of the year, we'll make a playoffs. Now, say that's the same thing. Like, now, if that was true, then it's even more true now. We're in, a, we're in fine shape because we have the most of our challenge behind us. But. Our game needs to progressively get better now. Well, see, that's kind of where I'm coming from is like, okay, sure, we're in this position. But like I said, like I haven't seen enough from guys like Gaudreau and Monaghan and that pretty much your best players to like give me much confidence that we are like, it's not like all the underlying metrics have been there and the puck's just not going in. These guys have been pretty shitty for a while. That's what's concerning to me. And then the other thing, like, I kind of always point the finger at Bradshaw Living, but it's like, is he going to fucking do something? No kidding. Like, is he going to do something? Like, how long? We can't score a goddamn goal. Is he going to do something? How long do you just sit there? And, well, maybe not sit there. How long do you almost do something? And the thing is, like, at this point, I don't even want, I don't even think I want him to do anything. Correct me if I'm wrong, but. I think it was a, a wise sage from Star Wars called Yoda. Said, there is no try, Brad Tree Living. Do or do not, there's Brad. do and there's do not. And you have do not written all over you. Well, I You mean, have done not. It's just frustrating to me because it's like, what has he done to improve this hockey club over the last two years? I think Nothing. He, I think he will. And he, at this he, point, like... He's going to do something. Maybe I'm just... And again, I hope this turns around and we get going. But I look at this season and... Like, who are we going to play in the, in the first round of the playoffs if we make it? Probably either Vegas, Arizona, or if we get the second wildcard spot, St. Louis. I don't like our chances against any of those teams in the playoffs. Like, for me, like, right now, what I'd be looking to do if I'm Brad Living is to recoup some assets, 
clear out some cap space, and get ready to reload this offseason. Well, either way, he's pr- now that you've gone this far... I, just, I don't see this... I just I don't know where this team goes from here right now. Especially if Monaghan and Goudreau are, are like not going to be themselves this year. So I don't know if I'm going on a way, way different road, but it's just... I watched that... I think it's because that Vancouver game was so goddamn frustrating to watch. Like that was was that not one of the most frustrating games of the season to watch? Holy well, shit, was that frustrating? It goes Minnesota Wild then that one. Yeah, there's yeah, oh yeah, the Minnesota Wild game that they got shut out in. It was just like there's some games that just like piss me off so much that I'm like fuck this. Like we said off the top, why do I waste my time with this shit? So I was watching that game and I'm like, this team is no good. <laughs> Fuck, they suck. They should just... The best thing that... I even text you. The best thing that could happen, they miss the playoffs, get a good draft pick, fire the GM, and retool Knicks in the offseason. And I don't know. Like, maybe it's just because I'm coming off a, a bad game, but I, I don't think that's too far off the truth, man. Well, and you're also coming off a heartbreaking playoff series. I guess. Was it heartbreaking or was it just like they suck? Well, it was something breaking. So I'm just trying to think. Like, it broke what, something. Yeah, it's something. Confidence broke breaking. The, like, I think the Avalanche broke Johnny Gaudreau and Sean Monaghan specifically. But it's just, I'm kind of just trying to like take a... Because where did we go from here? That's just my question. Well, where we go is, you just made the point. Let's hope they broke Johnny Gaudreau and Sean Monaghan and they rebuild themselves. Because the players that they have been until now haven't really done much in the playoffs. And so I think we talked about this even in postseason or preseason. They need to be, they need to find a different way to win, especially in playoffs. Yeah, they do. They need to reinvent themselves. They totally do. And maybe that's what we're seeing this process. Like, you telling me these guys just go home and play video games, or do you think they're still trying to become better at hockey? Let me tell you. It's hard to say at this point. You don't get to a point in their career where you've had as much success as they had, put up as much numbers as they have, by not being. Guys that want to continually get better and better and better. True. So we want That's to... why I'm not fucking worried. <laughs> See, about I'm these worried. two. I'm worried just because it's just been so evident on a night to night basis that these guys are not the same players they were last year. Especially Goudreau. Monaghan has kind of always been like this. He's streaky, he scores goals. He's not great five on five. Johnny Gaudreau, like, I've, I've never seen, like, halfway through the year, like, I think if we can save, save to make an accurate assessment of his season as a whole, is he's been terrible this year. Like, has he been anything short of terrible? He's been bad. What would you rank him? Or, what do you mean? What would you mark him? He's a D. He's in the D. A D? He's been bad. Has he been good? Has he had one game where it's like, there's Johnny Gaudreau, maybe. Yeah, I'd probably give him a C plus. Yeah, I... I he... he, he once uh, Ward took over, he had a, probably a handful of games where, like, hey, Johnny's back. Yeah, I guess so. Against the Leafs, he was particularly really good. And in that LA game. But I mean, I don't know, man. I'm just a little concerned, is all, because, like, sure, I really like that top line. But I mean, when Gaudreau and Monaghan are. It's just, I, I don't know. I just. I, they need to turn it around, because if they don't turn it around, this team is either going to miss the playoffs. Which, hey, maybe that'll be a good thing. Maybe we get a good draft pick. We can move out some money this season. But, I mean, like, Steve's not going anywhere if Johnny Gaudreau is playing nowhere near to his. Like, what? It, like, how can you just take anybody's top player out of their lineup and say, like, like I, I, I don't see the signs of him turning around outside of a few games a couple weeks ago. Honestly, like, I'm... I don't know. I'm just really concerned about I'm, this guy. I'll be honest. I'm concerned. I'm more concerned about David Riddick right now than I am of Johnny Gaudreau. Really? Yeah. Okay, so let's get into it. David Riddick sucked ass against the Vancouver Canucks. Well, and that's what, two games in a row now that he's been kind of, he's led in some weak goals? Well, that five-hole Tyler Myers goal was probably the worst goal I've seen a Calgary Flames goaltender led in since, like, what, Brian Elliott against Anaheim round one? Oh, my God. Like, that was fucking, Please, that don't. was horrendous. Don't remind me. That was horrendous, that well, goal. And it, it's interesting because it was right after they did the Kipper tribute, like, Five seconds later. That was so weird. What, seeing me? Yeah! Up, right? It was so weird! Like, did anybody, like... It's the most random shit I've ever seen. Total random. Oh, by the way, Mika Kiprasov's in the building it's tonight. like, what? And I've never even seen him, like, smile and shit. Have you? 
<laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I think I've always he's like a side smirker. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck? Is that for real, Kipper? It's so weird. He looked pretty good. Like I expected him. Like he looked a little on the uh, chunky side. Chunky side. But I mean, for a guy who's like <laughs> a millionaire's got nothing to do. A millionaire, nothing to do. Probably smokes like ten packs a day. Like I mean, I thought he looked pretty good. Yeah, not I wonder bad. what he's doing in town. The you rumor, think he lives here? The rumor is he lives in Okotoks, but apparently he like he did live there for a while, and now he lives in Helsinki. But I don't know. I'm I'm still convinced he might be a secret Albertan. I don't know. Okay. Well, the reason why I'm I'm more concerned about David Riddick than I am about Johnny is just the amount of time I've seen these players play. David Riddick has been the MVP, even including those last two last two games. Yeah. No. If you still look at the the first half of the season, he's been your MVP. Yep. But I when you. That's two games in a row, man. And, and like you said, they're not like the first. The first game that was iffy for him was like, oh, he had probably three out of four. Of those were pretty iffy. Yeah. And now, last game, it's like probably two out of four. Of those were like, dude, what? what? Well, the, against Montreal, he was like he was as bad as he was good because he let he made some great saves, but he also let in probably two terrible goals. Max Domi's overtime goal, one of them. My guess is he'll he's playing tonight. He should be. I, I think he should be. But, I mean, Talbot looks solid. If, if, if you, you probably want to play Riddick tonight. you got to get him going. you got to get him back. My guess is he'll probably bounce back. But you got to think that where is this guy's confidence level internally? Because in order to bounce back and just be back as good as he's been all year, like he has to get over this pretty quick. Well, I think the other thing is, too, is, like, now you're seeing why more people are like, hey, you need to start Talbot more. Because it's like, we saw this a couple years ago, and Mike coming off the Mike Smith injury, David Riddick was really good in a backup role, and then he got the full-time role, and he couldn't handle it. He wasn't good. Yeah. Maybe we're seeing the same thing. Like, it's he's played 30 games. Well, there were there were games. And it's, again, I don't, he looked he's fatigued. been good this year, but it's not like he's been lights out, unbelievable, great. Well, he's been your best player. He's been your best player, but he's also given up a lot of bad goals. A lot, like, not a lot, but more more often than not, more often than we would like to see, he's given up some soft goals. Yeah. So. But there were there were a few games, I can't remember exactly when, but obviously a few weeks ago, where it's like, noticeably, I thought he looked fatigued. I mean, he's played more than any other goalie in the league against a defense that has not been particularly good. The Flames consistently get outshot on a 99 basis, consistently get outchance, especially since Jeff Ward's taken over. They're getting outchance like crazy. Like, if you look at the high danger chance percentage against the Canucks, like, the Canucks had like 82%, which I haven't even seen this year. So, I mean, it's not like he's just been getting an easy run all year. Like, the Flames have been pretty leaky defensively in front of him. Yeah. So, he's had a tough workload. Yeah. No, it's true. All right. Well, let's get into this then. If... We're still in a good position. And honestly, if we just continue to get progressively better and better and better, clean up our game until the end of the year, we, like we could win a playoff round. Now, let's go through the list. What needs to happen? You've already mentioned the top line. Well, the second line. Monty and John need to get going. Well, I think they need to get going. And I think the backlit on their line experiment is probably one that needs to end. Like, I just don't see what he brings to that line. Like, because I understand it if you think about it, okay, Johnny Monty, bad five-on-five players. They need a strong, defensive, solid possession player on their line. Backlund hasn't really brought that since he's been there. So I think it's time to get somebody who's a more dynamic player and who can fucking score. Yeah. Like, Backlund can't score to save his life generally. Yeah. So I think either through trade or maybe try Dubé there or you try somebody else there. But I think the backline on that line experiment kind of needs to end. Yeah. And I think recently, specifically, you've been seeing that third line, which is so good for a few games, get absolutely crushed. The Lucic, Ryan, yeah. uh, Dubé line. Yeah, and Dubé hasn't been as good as he was. Neither has Ryan. Come up. Yeah. And Neither has Lucic. So, like, I think those guys are showing that they're not full-time third-line players, like, especially Lucic and Ryan. Um... So I don't know. I think again. I think we've said this a million times. That backline being your third line center is the answer, especially if you're playing Lindholm at center. Like you're you're not utilizing backline properly if he's not your third line center and Lindholm playing center. I don't think. Yeah. So I think that top line needs to get going. I think they need to they need to utilize backline better. I don't know. He just doesn't fit there for me. Well, you've seen this. We talked about this last year, especially with Froelich, 
which is like part of the problem that we've seen for a while now is when you look at the roster, especially on the forward side of the side of the conversation, there's a lot of round pegs trying to get put into square holes. Yeah, exactly. Where it's kind of like, and this comes back to this whole thing of like, you need a legit top six guy. Yeah. Because you have too many guys that belong in the bottom six that you're trying to put into the top six on a nightly basis. And it's just not going to work. No, it's not going to work. So I have four things on my list. Obviously, Johnny Monty needs to have. Like Especially saying, Johnny, like, because again, like I said, Monahan, this is kind of his MO. Yeah. He's, he's like this. Johnny Gaudreau is a fucking difference maker. He moves the needle for you. And if he's a below replacement level player on a 90 basis, that's not good enough. So. Yeah. so I got four things on my list. One of them is, let's call it Johnny, and you see it going. Another one is Brad, do something. So why don't you try and solve both those with one thing? And Brad's. Shop around for someone that specifically get your analytics guy on it. Find someone that both on and off paper you think is going to help Johnny Goudreau. And the top six in general. Like now, here we are. We're just analyzing what's going on. And now we've even got another layer to you need a top six guy. You need a top six guy that can produce with Johnny Gaudreau. Absolutely. To make him better and vice versa. And again, I don't want to speculate on who that is because who the fuck knows. But I mean, that's why Bradshaw even gets paid, right? Like he needs to go out and get somebody. And I want to be, I was watching some of the Kings game. I'm a hard pass on Tyler Toffoli. Thank you very much. I don't think that's I don't think he answer. does it. I don't think he's the answer. And maybe, yeah, maybe it's a guy we don't even know. Yeah, exactly. Maybe it's a that's guy. It should be. Maybe it's a guy like, you know, Gensel was five years ago. Yeah. Rust was last year. Where it's kind of like, they got the potential, you know? Or like Point was three years ago, where they're just starting to kind of turn it up. It's got, you've got to figure that out, because until you don't, again, like, the fact that Sam Bennett wasn't in the lineup, and Mark Jenko, it's just like, this cavalcade of just shitty players needs to end, right? Yeah. And well, uh, we said this, what, last podcast? Yeah. You have a plethora of bottom six guys. You've have, you have got 13 guys that can play well, I'm, NHL games. Yeah, and I'm looking at 31 Thoughts today, Elliot Friedman... And he's reporting that a lot of these Flames players who've kind of been in and out of the lineup have been pretty pissed off about it. Um, specifically, Sam Bennett and Mark Jankowski. So I don't know. There's probably a trip there. You've got a you've got a surplus. You've got guys coming in and out of the lineup that aren't happy about it. It seems like a pretty you know logical conclusion to say you can move a Sam Bennett, a Mark Jankowski, and something and get a top six player back. Like, come on. Come on, Brad! Like, and especially when it's like you just have you literally have one thing to do right now. Exactly, one thing. You just need to do one thing. All right, the other two things on my list of like this is what this team needs to do in order to get better. You got to tighten up defensively, dude. As a as a whole, on. the defense needs to be better. The forwards need to be better defensively. Like as a unit, I we weren't this bad last year. No, they. Not even close. I, I remember, like, we would outshoot teams two times or three times. Well, our goal differential last year was, like, incredibly positive. We have the same goal differential as the Edmonton Oilers this year, negative 11, and we've scored less than them. Actually, fun fact, we're one of the worst teams in terms of goal scoring in the Pacific Division, but we've given up 122 goals. That's not good enough. Like, they're so leaky defensively. And this, since Jeff Ward took over again, I haven't looked at it in a couple days, but they have been one of the worst teams giving up shot attempts. They have been one of the worst teams in giving up high danger shot attempts. So, like, what's going on? They need to figure it out fast. And, like, that's that's more than anything, it's a systems thing. Yeah, no, totally. So, that falls on the coach. I mean, look at, look at Arizona. Yeah, I know, right? Like, here, like, Arizona has allowed 107 goals, we've allowed 122. I'm not saying you got to play like Arizona, but can you tighten it up? You got to figure it out. Well, I was even watching. We were watching the Vancouver game. Like, what is with the gaps with this team, especially Hannafin? Like, my well, God, he's on. Like, line. seriously, they're, they're entering the zone and they're at the red line, and he's like already retreating to like the fucking goal line. Like, what are they doing with the gap control? It's brutal. He's, he can't. I don't think he can play defense. Like, I don't. Th- I think he should pull up Brett Burns, reverse Brett Burns, and be a forward. He'd be much better. But, like, figure out your defense. Like, I don't know. And I, I'm i still seeing forwards flying the zone. Oh, totally. Like, why are you flying the zone? You need to be an outlet for your D-man. It's it's so bad. Like, I don't, I, I don't know how they're going to fix it, but they need to fix it. 
It's been noticeably bad this year. Like, like if, noticeable. If all they did was just start tightening up the neutral zone, yeah. they'd probably have, you'd probably see those numbers get a lot better. I sure hope so. But but they have to fix that. They've got to. Not only are you risking your playoff chances making the playoffs, being that bad defensively, you're never going to win a round. No, dude, are you, you kidding me? We're giving up that many chances, opportunities? When, like, you combine, come on. when you combine how much we're giving up and how little we're scoring, it's like a recipe for disaster. So we're like in the Oilers range in terms of goals, expected goals for per game and goals against per game. Right now, expected goals for per game, we are sitting at 1.84 against 1.91. You're not going to win a lot of games when your expected goals are against or higher than your goals for. So get it together. Get it together. So then the, the third thing on my list is the Travis Hamannick, Noah Hannafin pairing. Can you fucking break that up? Like we started, I'm, you're starting to see it. There's like a handful of times each in the last three games that you've seen Travis Hamannick with someone else. Sometimes it's Rathsanders or whatever. Noah Hannafin pair with somebody else. Like, can you just break them up already? I, I just don't understand why they continually go to that. Like all the time. Like it's no and. I think I think people are starting to pick up on how like noticeably bad it is. Oh, it, like it's all over Twitter now. Like every time they're on the ice, they are getting crushed in their own zone every single time. Like what are they doing? And how does nobody see this? And why are they again? Have you noticed the matchups? They've been matched up against the other team's top. Yes, line, like every fucking night. Now is that you're losing the matchup on the ice? Well, on home well, ice, you shouldn't be ever. So I, I, I or are like do they actually think these guys match up well against I, other teams' top lines? I just don't get what they're looking at because I don't get it either because you have an analytics department, right? Was the guy's name Snow? Chris Snow? Is he still working? He just got diagnosed. Yeah, so. he's still working. It's just I, it's I don't really frustrating. It's incredibly frustrating when you, when you see so evident when you see something that is so evidently that it doesn't work, right? And you just keep doing it. And the thing is, too, like, everybody's like, oh, the, you, like, when you hear the dumb analysis on the fan, it's like, oh, Travis Hamannick, solid defensive defenseman, Noah Hannafin. It's like, he's worse than Hannafin. I think my problem more now is with how bad Hamannick is as opposed to Hannafin. Like, Hamannick is a tire fire out there. Like, he's so bad. At least Hannafin, like, occasionally can skate, outskate his problems and occasionally can, you know, get some scoring chances. But, I mean... Those guys are so bad on a nice and nice basis. It's just brutal. Split them up! You've played Rasmus Anderson with Noah Hannafin for a good chunk of the season, and they were fine. That's all you need to do, is you need to go Hannafin-Anderson, and then put Hamannick with either Shillington or Brody, and you're probably going to see that be a lot more solid. Like, there was the play against Han- where Hamannick fires the puck over the glass from his own goddamn end. I was literally, like, thinking, oh, what is he going to do dumb? And then he fires the puck out. I'm like, oh, that was a good play. Oh, fuck. He fired it out of the... What is he doing? Five on three. Oh, my God. So that needs to be fixed. I don't know how. Well, I do know how, but, like, fix it. Well, and you were saying this the other day. It's like you juggle with the forwards lines nonstop. Exactly. Everyone's like, oh, check out these new lines that have worked so great. Why are the defensive lines fucking set in stone from now until the end of time? I don't understand. What's what? What is a bigger weakness for us? The inability to score enough goals, Ooh. or our ability to keep enough goals out of our net? Because I honestly think it's the the latter. It's keeping goals out of our net. I would say that if we haven't been shut out like twenty eight times this year, and we have so little scoring depth. But yeah, I tend to agree because well, last the only year, reason, because to me, it's way more concerning, yeah. especially if you're looking into the playoffs. Yeah, no, true. Because you can win goal, you can win games in the playoffs scoring two, three goals. Yeah, if you can fucking play solid defense. See, I think I would be a little more like okay, you can kind of be a little more open defensively if we had a great power play and if we were scoring. Right. But since neither of those thing, two things are true, it's kind of like Jesus. You really got to tighten up defensively here. So. So we'll see what happens if Johnny doesn't make the play, the All Star game. He's either gonna do one of two things: pout, or he's mm. gonna be like "fuck this" mm. and turn it on. Mm. I think he'll turn it on. I, that's the key to this whole thing. If Johnny Gaudreau is Johnny Gaudreau, the Flames are fine. If Johnny Gaudreau is not Johnny Gaudreau, the Flames are not fine. And what? Where are you at? If you are Johnny Gaudreau, like where are you at? Like because we've said this 
I don't know, in the first quarter of the season, it was right after Chucky scored between the legs in Nashville. And we're like, he's becoming your best player. Yeah. And that has only become more true. I think since it's become said more that. true because Gaudreau has been less good as opposed to Kachuk's been so good. It's true. Like, Kachuk, I mean, Kachuk's been fine. Look, he's probably, as a whole, his game is probably getting better than, yeah. it, was, than it was from last year, which is all you want to see. And it's, then you look at Johnny Gaudreau, like you said, yeah. He's in the opposite category. What do you think? Okay, that, I don't know. What do you think of Riddick? I don't know. I'm a li- starting to get a little worried. I am starting to get a little bit. He's been playing way too much. Two games in a row, he's let in some pretty gross goals. Do we know who's starting today? I haven't seen it confirmed, but I would imagine it would be Riddick. But I mean, like maybe you should go with Talbot. I would. He played really good. Maybe I, you have a conversation with Riddick. Hey, look, yeah. it's not based on your performance, but we think that the workload is part of your performance, and so we want to do better as a management staff and give you another net off. So Steinberg has confirmed that Riddick will be starting, and these lines look pretty disgusting. Ronaldo's in. Sam Bennett and Jankowski are out. Sam Bennett's out. I don't understand the scratching of Sam Bennett. Like, what, what's that about? We're going to keep Lucic and Ryan for a leak. They've got good... Oh, Bennett's in. Oh, fuck. I'm sorry. Dubé, oh, Dubé's out. Okay, yeah, I'm fine with that. Dubé hasn't been great. No. I don't like him coming out in favor of Ronaldo. It, I, I don't mind it short term. He, here's the problem. I just don't want to see Dubé get sick. When you now. have four of Frolik, Reader, Ronaldo, Lucic on your line, on your, on your, in your, in your, on your team... That gives you zero excuse to leave Dylan Dubé off the club. Yeah, it he really does. He fills all four of those guys give you give you less than Dylan Dubé. So well, I'll just say that. And this is the thing: is like if when you have thirteen seventh forwards. Yeah, exactly. What else are you supposed to do? Okay, would would any of these? Well, Fro League probably would help a team because he's a pretty good player. But I mean, not on the fourth line. Would any of Lucic, Ronaldo, Reader be even in, on any of these teams that are contending? No. And apparently T.J. Brody's sick, and he's a game-time decision tonight, which means we might get to see Michael Stone off. Can't wait. That'll be yeah. fun. Uh, watch him get paired up against That'll uh, be Patrick s- Kane. Yeah, they'll probably throw out Stone and Hamannick against Kane and Taves. So they're keeping the top line intact, Chucky, Lindholm, Monge, which I'm, I'm... I'm good with that. Yeah, based on their last performance. See, and this adjustment bothers me. So they're going Bennett, Monaghan, Backlund. It should be Monaghan, Gaudreau, Bennett. Yeah. That's the adjustment that should have been made. And yeah. you've got Lucic with Ryan and Gaudreau, which is still again, absurd to but me. But this also speaks to you have way too much junk exactly. in your trunk because you can't move Backlund down. <laughs> you can't move Backlund down. I know, down. right? Like, it's just junk. Why, it's do, like, they, why the, do they trade Ryan? The Oilers, exactly. It's like the Oilers get it. Why do they trade Backlund? This, it's the similar thing with the Oilers when they try to spread around McDavid and Drysdale and Nugent Hopkins. It's just like, what the fuck is this amalgamation of weird you, ass players? Did you see the latest thing? This what, morning of the Oilers, they want to put Nurse. Oh my Christ! In between Drysital and McDavid, or I don't know if the what I don't know if, if it's the if it's the management that wants to do it, but someone was writing an article about. Holy it. shit! That would be pretty awesome. Maybe they should do that with Hannafin. Maybe that's what the Flames should do make a move. But I mean, it's very similar to when the when the Oilers try to spread out the depth, and it's just like shit around them. Like, does this sound like an NHL line to you, Joachim Nygaard, between with Drysital and? Kyler Yamamoto. They just called him up. Nope. Doesn't sound like an NHL line to me. Doesn't sound like a second line, that's for sure. And neither does Johnny Gaudreau with Milan Lucic and Derek Ryan. But here's the thing. If that you sounds look, like an extra shift for Johnny Gaudreau on some team's fourth line. That's what it sounds like. Here's the thing. If you go back to those lines, it's going to be the same thing. He'll start out with these lines, but then he's going to interchange back on Gaudreau. I, I don't like it. I You know what? I, I, okay, I'm sick of it. I like Ronaldo in right now. I don't. Because at least he gives you energy. Well, I'd team rather is be flat and does nothing in a game like Vancouver. I'm fine. Does nothing in a game like Minnesota. you got a guy like Ronaldo that would go out there and at least create some sort of energy. Again, I'm fine with it. Some sort of momentum. Because I'm fine with it when they don't have sit there and do nothing. Fuck! I'm fine way. with it, except that the fact that you literally have like six below replacement players on your fucking team right now. What is Brad Living doing? How... Do we have on the roster tonight Lucic, Ronaldo, Reader, Frolik, Stone? How is that our team? And like, what kind of a. How is this the team he's constructed after six years? Have those four guys on it? 
And what kind of a responsibility are you dumping on your head coach when you have 13th, 7th players? Right. It's like, no wonder you're like, well, Jeff Ward, like, what's with this player personnel management? Well, I have 13 7 forwards that I got to keep in the rotation. 28 guys who shouldn't even be in the NHL on my team. So I guess I should probably figure that out. Like, I mean, do something. Follow the bread comes back. It always comes back to the management. And like, the general manager. Here's Brad the other thing. Everyone's like, oh, get rid something. of Jankowski. It's like, why didn't you trade him last year when he's coming off a 13 goal season? And this is maybe why you want to shop Backlund around. Right? Like, it's just his fuck. If you're not not going to play him where... If you have no room for him in your lineup where he belongs as a third-line center... That's called a surplus. That's called a trade chip. Like, did you... you, It just boggles my mind. Like, when you look at how other teams manage their players and make trades, and it's like, yeah, we have 86 bottom six forwards, but God forbid we ever make a trade. For something we need. We're just hoarding these fucking players. Yeah, let's just keep, keep bringing them in. Oh, yeah, Tareeder was okay in camp. Yeah, let's sign him. Uh, yeah, Ronaldo was okay. Let's sign him. You know, we should go get Lucic. Yeah, let's go get him too. Meanwhile... Uh, let's not trade for Leak or Jankowski or Bennett or any of these bottom six guys. We probably need to go sign Derek Ryan too. It's like, what are you doing? Meanwhile, your AHL club... Is doing exceptionally well. You got guys like Godin and Phillips lighting up the league. You're telling me your fourth line wouldn't be better as Quine, Godin, and Phillips? How much would they? How much would they make? Uh, probably a combined less than two million dollars. How much does a combined Jankowski, Lucic, Frolik make? How much do? How much do we have scratch tonight sitting? If you, if let's say Brody's in and Stone sitting between Stone, Jankowski, and who's the other guy? I guess Dubé. But I mean between. Lucic, Ryan, Ronaldo, Reeder, Frolik, Jankowski, and Michael Stone, you literally have more than $20 million. It's absolutely insane. It's your top six guy. It's right absolutely now. insane. It's insane. And I, I hate to get on this rant, but fuck, it's frustrating. I get like Part of it comes back to the whole Neil thing, but the signing itself was questionable, especially for a lot of people. And now you're seeing why. You've seen why it was pretty this risky. Is, this is why. And now you're stuck with Lucic's contract. Anyways. God damn it. We... That that dead horse is like it's disintegrating. Anyways, I think I think more than I think what's more frustrating to me right now is the fact that they they haven't they haven't altered the defense pairings yet. Like you said, is like they they're willing to throw a fucking landmine into all the forward lines, but like it boggles my mind. It's it's we're day away from 2020. Analytics is now such a huge part of the game, right? and you continue to roll out with Travis Hamonic, especially when you've seen like. You've had Hannafin play with Anderson. You've been fine. Well, and you have the analytics. Exactly. It's like, why do you continually throw that pairing out when they get crushed every night? I don't get it. Like, put Anderson with Hamannick or Hannafin. We have to trade Hamannick. Dude, he's got to go. Like, right now. I guarantee you. I guarantee he stays on the team and just walks in free agency. I guarantee it. How much you want to bet? Or they resign him to a ridiculous contract. Dude. Honestly, I think this is going to be his last year of being an effective defenseman in this league. Is he effective defenseman? Semi-effective. Like, if he's on a third pairing on a team... Like, this is the last... You could He could get something in return for... for well, he's so bad defensively is the problem. I think most people miss that. Is like He's actually a pretty good offensive defenseman in terms of creating shots and creating scoring chances. When he's on the ice, the Flames create more scoring chances. My favorite thing about Hamnick is he is a warrior. Yeah. But, but he's so bad at defense. But a warrior can only, You have to be good, too. He's so... Like Geo's a warrior, like, and he's at, good. Look at O'Reilly. The guy's a goddamn warrior, but he has skill. So, dude, you gotta trade Travis Hammond. You gotta trade Travis and You gotta trade... If You're gonna continue to shuffle. And, like, again, everybody likes to hate on Mark Jankowski. I would way rather have Mark Jankowski in my bottom six than I would Lucic, Reeder, Ronaldo, or Froelich. I just would. With the way he's been playing, I wouldn't. Yeah, that's true. He sucked against Vancouver. Now, now, if, sucked. if playing him more and in better roles would make him a better player than what we've seen him in the past, then sure, I'm all, I'm all for it. But what have we seen from this year? Hell no. Yeah, no Especially way. that last game. Yeah. He was dog shit. He was terrible against the Canucks. He didn't even deserve to be on the fucking NHL roster. So I don't... And then where the fuck is Zarnik, by the way? Like, Zarnik gives you way more than any of these guys. There's another guy... There's another guy I forgot we have. We just got 8,500 
billion bottom six forwards. God, it's frustrating. Anyways, okay, I'm going to the game tonight. Yeah, you are. It's it's New Year's. It used to be Montreal. It used to be the Oilers or Montreal. It was way better. I like that way well, more. Well, you know why they don't, though? Why? I mean, those are marquee matchups. This is a marquee evening. So you just, like, throw in whoever and everybody will go anyways? Yeah, you notice they're playing Montreal and Toronto on Tuesday nights now? Yeah. Anyways. I don't know. I used to like the tradition of Montreal. Me too. That was cool. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm... I, I I like watching Chicago play. Like, I mean... Well, I was at the Chicago game last year. We beat them. We were down going to the third. I'm like, we're going to win this. And we did. Yeah. I thought we were going to come back and win that in the Vancouver game, to be honest. I didn't. That was such a frustrating game. That was such a frustrating game to watch. Especially when Vancouver puts in their back... How many backup... We If there's oh, a stat God. out there for backup net-mining losses, we have to lose. Well, it's not even losses. It's like you get shut out by the backup goaltender. Jesus. Or you get one or two goals on all right, I think so, I even said he was like, he's coming off of a concussion. Yeah. His first game back, this is a recipe for getting shut out. Okay, so what do we expect tonight? I have no goddamn... I don't know. Nobody what, knows. This the team is so effect. inconsistent, it's ridiculous. If you follow the last four game trend, we'll probably be, be great. We'll probably be unbelievable we're great tonight. against Dallas. Absolutely atrocious in Minnesota. Great against... Well, pretty good against the Oilers. Dog shit against Vancouver. So maybe we'll be right in the middle. So we'll be okay. Maybe we'll scratch it a win. Yeah, I don't know. Chicago's won two straight. They're they're doing okay. Chicago has been pretty. They've been better lately. Five and five in their last. I don't know who's getting their start. They're pretty leaky defensively, so we should be able to take advantage of that. Hopefully, I don't know, man. Like if if you're asking me what I need to see tonight, Leonard. I think it's Leonard. It's gonna be either Leonard or Crawford. I I don't know who's confirmed. I think Leonard's playing. I mean, Jesus Christ, what I need to see. Tonight is Johnny Gaudreau play somewhat of Johnny Gaudreau hockey. I need to see as little as possible as Travis Hamanick and Noah Hannafin against Patrick Kane. And if David Riddick's starting, he needs to have a fucking solid outing. Here's what I need to see. Johnny Gaudreau is better than Patrick Kane tonight. That would be nice, eh? And then we'll win. All right, well. All right. We're gonna Sorry we took so long. We're this gonna... guy was away for like a year. I was not... I don't want to come in. I don't want to come in. So, um, I guess, what are we going to do? Next week, everybody's been asking for a top moments of the decade episode. The decade? Yeah. Well, it's the end of the fucking decade. Oh, yeah. What have you done? What have I done with my life? The decade, eh? Ten years. Oh, wow. So, everybody's kind of asking, like, do do one. So, it would have been nice to have done it on New Year's Eve, but... What we should do... That's going to take a lot of thinking. Yeah, it's going to take some research, folks. But what we could do is we pick the top moment of each year... Although there's probably perfect, some, there's probably some years. Well, we'll just we'll start see, with that. See, the problem is like I was thinking about that. Yeah, that'd be fun. It's more of a. It's like similar when we were doing like the best, the top, the top ten players of the decade. It becomes depressing real fast. Yeah, because it's like holy fuck, do we suck? It's like okay, I can literally think of two great moments in the past ten years, like two, two, maybe three. Matt Stajan's Stajan's series, series clincher goal, Gaudreau's tying goal in the dying seconds against the, the Ducks. Ducks. And, like, that's kind of it. Like, maybe Aginla's retirement. Does no. that count? If Mike Smith wasn't dog shit. Exactly. See, it's even tainted. blew the game, then maybe. Like, Iggy's 500th goal. I don't, that's kind of, I don't really like that Iggy's moment. Five, Iggy's retirement. Him coming back with Boston, maybe. <laughs> but, I mean, there's very few to pick from. It's very true. few. It's true. It's been a, it's been a tough decade. A tough decade. There's your recap right there, guys. There's your recap. It only took ten seconds. Yeah, perfect. Nothing happy. Nothing's good has happened. We should do the worst moments of the decade. That there would be go. that would be a lot longer and probably a lot more interesting. Because I can think of like twenty things. Brian Elliott's meltdown against the interesting story. Just the, before we wrap the up here, full line change in Anaheim, <laughs> leading to the that was the fun changing of the time. Okay, so how many playoff game? years did we make it with the Ginla? Like I feel like we didn't make it very much. Those. Like, we didn't make it in 2013, I don't think. We might have made it in 2010, 2011, but we got crushed. There was those years where the Sharks, Ducks, yeah. Red Wings, Blackhawks whooped our ass. I don't know. We'll do it next week, and we'll try to make it We'll fun. do it sometime here. But interesting story. I heard Friedman talking about, it was with the whole Bill Peters thing. He was talking about Glenn Gulletson, and he was talking about the last game that Gulletson coached for the team where they lost to Anaheim. He really wanted to put Chad Johnson in net. The Ducks. Against the Ducks. 
but the team talked him out of it and made him put and like he decided to put Brian Elliott in net because the team apparently the apparently the players you know why really wanted Brian Elliott to play you know why because. Galdson was like, well, what do you guys want to exactly. do? Exactly. Oh, I guess we'll do that. And he was talking about how like frustrating it, the Flames management was with the team because they brought in Galdson to be like the player's coach. And so that's why they hired Bill Peters because he's, he's an asshole and they needed a tougher influence. So interesting. How about you just get a good coach? Yeah, that'd be a good idea. Hey, like, the, who, at the, at the end of the day, you're overthinking it. Just get somebody who's good. At the end of the day, this is just bad coaching. Right? If you're a dick and a, and a and a bad coach, who cares? You if you're a nice coach? guy and you're a bad coach, who cares? How about you just get a good coach, Brad? A good guy, good coach. Happy New Year. I mean, you tell me they're not out there? <laughs> Apparently not. Oh my God. <laughs>